0: All right, let's bring in our, our FT Senior Insider, Ken Rosenthal, with a little more on this right now. Ken, great to see you, and uh, we'll talk holidays in a moment, but Kyle Gibson is you know, the, the first kind of bigger signing of the day, and hopefully there's more. What do you think of this ad for the Cardinals, who clearly need to fill some innings? But I don't know if you heard me mention, they were stressing that they need swing and miss. Kyle Gibson's not swing and miss.
1: <laughs> I'm fine with what they're doing, but they've got to do more. It's as simple as that. They still need an ace. So if you bring in Blake Snell or even Sonny Gray, then I'm more comfortable with this. But as it stands, I love both these guys. They are both, as Todd and Brock mentioned, great clubhouse guys, innings eaters, but they're both 36. Lynn did not have a good year. Gibson had a pretty good year. It's just if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, you need more. You need better. And we'll see if they get better. Now, keep in mind... They don't have to sign Blake Snell or Sonny Gray. They can make a trade for Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease, Tyler Glass now, Shane Bieber. But again, they cannot stop here. I am quite certain they are not stopping here, but I want to see what the rest of this picture looks like before I proclaim this a great success.
2: Let me ask you this, Ken. How you doing, buddy? Everything well, first off? Good, Todd. Yep. All good, good. man. Thanks. So my question to you is, I'm talking about the Padres here, Mike Schilt becomes the new manager. Did... You know Adrian Gonzalez or Ryan Flaherty or just a name too. Did did they have like an outside chance of making this, or was this something that was kind of set in stone two months ago? You think?
1: No, I don't think it was set in stone. They were going back and forth quite a bit. The Padres were, and keep in mind they lost their owner last week, Peter Seidler, and that threw the process into a little bit of flux as well, and certainly delayed it. Now the choice, in my view, ultimately became. Veteran manager versus first-time manager. Mike Schilt or Phil Nevin versus Ryan Flaherty, who has never managed. And they opted for the veteran. Now, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously, A.J. Preller, the general manager, wanted someone that he was familiar with. And Schilt has been there for two seasons. Preller said that at the GM meetings, that he wants someone that he knew from before. He feels that will be better. Okay, but Preller is under a great deal of scrutiny right now, a great deal of pressure to produce a winner. Peter Seidler was Preller's biggest supporter. And now Peter Seidler is no longer with us. It remains to be seen just how this is going to play out if the Padres have another disappointing season. If they don't, all good. But keep in mind, Blake Snell is a free agent. Michael Walker is a free agent. Seth Lugo is a free agent. Nick Martinez is a free agent. Josh
0: Hader is a free agent.
1: They have to reconstruct their entire pitching staff and it's not going to be easy to do.
0: Do you think that someone like Schilt will make a difference? Because, I mean, I asked this question to Todd. I think it's a perfect question, you know, for someone who's been around clubhouses with, with stars too, around him, you know, including himself being like, Hey, the Padres weren't particularly um, an injury prone team this past season. And there were plenty of standout performances We obviously read all of the work that you put together there um, for The Athletic and your stories. So Mike Schilt takes over for Bob Melvin, who is one of the most respected managers in the sport. Do you think that someone like this can offer a difference? Maybe because he was working hand-in-hand with A.J. Preller, so at least those two are more on the same page? Do you think that's the approach here?
1: I don't know, Scott. And I don't know how the clubhouse is going to react to Mike Schilt. That's an unknown right now. That's a clubhouse with some pretty prominent veterans, starting with Manny Machado, but of course, Xander Bogarts, and at least for now, Juan Soto as well. So you have a new man coming in, a guy who has managed before and managed successfully, was a manager of the year with the St. Louis Cardinals. But it remains to be seen whether he can command that group. And in our reporting, in the story we wrote last September, we made the point that the clubhouse wasn't necessarily fractured. It wasn't a situation where the guys didn't like each other. Now, there's been a lot of talk around the game that the guys don't like each other. Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Tatis, this whole thing. But that wasn't the impression we got from all the people we talked to. And we talked to dozens. So the real question then becomes, how do you get these guys to play as a unit? That seems to be the issue. And... This is a team that has guys who have done a lot of impressive things individually. Now they have to learn to do them as a team. Whether Mike Schill can make that happen, that remains to be seen.
2: So my question to you now, let's switch gears. Yamamoto, he's up and running this morning. For one, what does his market look like? And for two, which New York team is going to get him?
1: His market is vast, Todd, and I don't know that either New York team is going. Oh, to Oh no! The Dodgers are in. The Giants are in. Virtually every team in need of starting pitching is going to pursue a guy who is 25 years old. Hitting the market at 25 is extremely rare; like doesn't ever happen. And not only that, he's the three-time winner, three in a row, of the Japanese Cy Young Award. He's been an MVP over there. He has statistics that are just stunning. Now he's five foot eleven. Teams are going to have questions about that—the shorter right-hander bias or bias against those types of pitchers—that is historic in the game. It's kind of always been the old wives' tale, scouts' tale, and not without complete reason. But we also have seen a number of shorter pitchers succeed. And yes, I'm going to defend my short guys now. Strowman, Sonny Gray, Ken—short yeah, Ken. short right-handers aren't always these guys who can't do it. I seem to remember a pitcher named Pedro Martinez. Wasn't the tallest. He was pretty good. Yamamoto, I'm not saying he's Pedro. No one would suggest that. But he's quite accomplished over in Japan, and teams want him for a reason, and they want him badly.
3: Yeah, Have Kenny, you, short, guy, short guy. Sorry, Todd, you want to follow? No, 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 no. go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. We, we're talking about short people, so I figured I'd just throw it over to, to your boy, <laughs> okay? And don't hey, don't forget about me, Ken. I've got the slowest pitch ever recorded, so you can put me in the paper. That's right, teams.
1: Brock, I forgot. Yeah, you can throw me in Another there. the beleaguered what? short right-hander, man, not fair.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so free agency, obviously, I mean, I'm sure your head's spinning, your phone's going off nonstop, but I, I'm more interested in trades. Um, you know, we know about the free agents. I'm, I'm more interested in, interested in about the trades. Obviously we hear Juan Soto, uh, maybe Pete Alonzo, um, guys like that. I want to know if there, are, are there any like under the radar guys that you're hearing that that could be on the move that, that may impact a, a team tremendously this offseason?
1: Brock, it's funny. People ask me all the time, what is going to be the big trade that no one sees coming? Yeah, and that's, that's kind what of what you're we asking. Know.
3: Yeah, and when people
1: ask that question, I would say, in return, if I knew the answer, <laughs> then I would report it and we know it was coming. Okay. But you're right. Well, that's not fun. These, no, I know. You're right, though. These things sometimes come out of nowhere. And there's going to be a lot of talk about the obvious trade candidates, like you mentioned, Soto and Alonso. Corbin Burns that I mentioned, Tyler Glass. Now all those pitchers. I am certain, relatively certain I should say, that there will be at least one surprise or two because things always happen along those lines. Who it might be, that's really difficult to say, but I can see, for instance, a team like the Orioles doing something big because they have such a base of prospects. So maybe they can surprise us. Maybe the White Sox trade Dylan Cease and that's something that's been talked about but that would be a big move. 2 mm-hmm. years of control with Dylan Cease pretty good for any team that gets him. Other than that it's just difficult to predict. It's just hard to know and that's the beauty of the off season,
3: right? When we get
1: our heads spun around and we we get shocked. That's kind of what makes it all fun.
3: Off season for us, on season for you, Ken.
0: Oh, yes, right.
3: That's very true. <laughs>
0: Always, Brock. So I'll phrase it this way, Ken. Of the, I think, four big starting pitching names that are popping up, do you think there is either do you want to rank, I'll give you the option, who's most likely to get traded to least likely, or at least give me the guy who you would be surprised if he doesn't get moved. And you know probably the four I'm talking about. Corbin Burns, yep. uh, Shane Bieber, Tyler Glasnow, and Cease. who am I missing? Dylan Cease.
1: Earlier in the offseason, I would have put Burns at the top of that list. I'm not so sure now. I'm hearing things out of Milwaukee basically saying, you know what, we can compete with Burns and Adamas and Williams for one more year, Devin Williams the closer. Maybe we go about it that way, then trade those guys at the deadline if necessary. I'm still not convinced of it, but I'll rank him fourth on that list now because of that. Glass now to me is the most likely. And then I would follow him with Cease and then Bieber. Maybe Bieber ahead of Cease, but roughly in that order. Now, what's interesting, Scott, is generally speaking, when we talk about guys like this and when they continually get mentioned as trade possibilities, they get traded. It doesn't always happen. And in the case of Pete Alonso, for instance, I'm not sure it will happen, but I would not be surprised to see any of those pitchers move, including Burns, but I would say Glass now, because of the raised payroll situation, is the most likely. They have never had an opening day payroll above around 83 million. They're projected right now to be at 125. Now they may be able to afford that. Of course all owners are wealthy, we know all this, but I'm not sure they want to afford that and I'm not sure they're going to look at it like that. So you trade Glass that takes 25 off the 125. you take Margot off the team too, that's another 10 million, then you're down to 90. And then maybe they can do some things to add, get up around 100. I'm not sure. but Glass is the one I have a hard time seeing him staying with Tampa Bay.
2: Let's move down to Atlanta Braves. Do you? They keep signing these little dink and dunks here like they're finding ways to get guys here that might, you know, Ronaldo Lopez, he might all of a sudden be that rock star that they're looking for for cheap. And then Aaron Bummer. I mean, there's some signings that they're getting that just make tons of sense. How do they keep doing it? And do you see them keep rolling here with signing uh, new people left and right?
1: Well, first off, Todd, they are going to do more. And they need... A top of the rotation starter. Now, I'm not sure they will whether they will trade for one or sign one. Really, Blake Snell would be the one guy that I would classify as top of the rotation, along with Yamamoto. I'm not sure they're going to be in play for either of one of those guys. And their farm system, while good enough, is not as deep as some. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But you ask how they do it. Alex Anthopoulos, their president of baseball operations, is not only one of the most creative at his job, he's also one of the most aggressive. Every November, he is active. Other teams wait. Anthopoulos, like Dombrowski in Philadelphia, he likes to move. And we see what he's doing here. Bummer should help their bullpen, right? And they've got him under control for three years if they want. Ronaldo Lopez is Initially, when I saw three years, 30 million, I thought that's a pretty good deal for a reliever, but he might not be a reliever. They might use him, or they plan to use him, I should say, as a starter. He's going to prepare as a starter this offseason. They're going to stretch him out during spring training. And if they have the right need at the time, they can use him as a starter. Maybe they can use him as a bulk guy, however they want. So they are a team that does a really good job of filling holes and filling them aggressively, they still have a hole at the top of the rotation. And when I say that, I'm not talking about for 24 necessarily. Max Freed is back. He's great. Charlie Morton is back. He's really good too. But those guys are both free agents after 24. So they're going to be looking for a pitcher who can be their ace beyond that, not knowing whether, of course, they'll be able to keep Freed or Morton.
0: So, Ken, fan questions flowing in here. And in the interest of time, I'll just take two and combine them because one's going to be, I think, an easy answer for you. D-Rod said, will the Dodgers have the wallet for Yamamoto if they sign Otani first? And, yeah, the Dodgers are rich. They'll be fine. They can sign both. You can comment. (laughs) But I'll ask the other one so you can do both at the same time Uh, from Tato or Tito. Ken, could you see the Marlins trading from their surplus of starting pitching to get more offense in return? You know, we're talking about the Braves. We're curious to see what the Mets do. I mean, we forget the Marlins made the playoffs in the NL East. I know they have new leadership in their front office, but I'm I'm curious if you've heard anything about them or what you could see them doing. I would imagine they'd have to be more creative like Baltimore since they're not going to spend that much at the top of the market.
1: Scott, first of all, I would be surprised if any one team gets Otani and Yamamoto. (laughs) And it's not simply because the price would be, I don't know, maybe $700 combined. It's also a custom that Japanese players sometimes follow, that sometimes applies, sometimes doesn't, where they don't necessarily want to be on the same team. We've seen this be sometimes a rule, sometimes an exception to the rule. I'm just not sure how the dynamic between them would work. But the money alone should be prohibitive. Now, the Marlins, I'm not sure I see them as having a surplus. And I say that because Alcantara is coming off Tommy John surgery. He will not be available this season. So they have a pretty good rotation, no question about it. But I would think they're going to want to keep that intact. The way for them to get offense might be to obviously sign one of the bigger free agents. The problem there is the offensive group of free agents isn't that good. So maybe as the Questioner suggests that's the way to go. Trade a starting pitcher for offense. We'll see what Peter Bendix, as their new president of baseball operations, does because it's an interesting question there. And we know they're not going to spend a lot of money. That's something they don't do, but they've got Soler as a free agent now. They definitely need offense, they needed offense last year. So we'll see how
2: that plays out. All right, last two from me quick hitters here. Ken, will you have your phone on the table during Thanksgiving? I'll have it, but I'm
1: going to try to keep it off. Put it that way.
2: <laughs> most you know of the time. What? I mean, yeah.
1: if there's stuff going down Thanksgiving Day during dinner, Todd, shame on whoever is making that
2: <laughs> Hey, listen, you are correct there. And what are you most looking forward to to Thanksgiving food-wise? Like, what is your favorite thing? Like, you can't go without on Thanksgiving. Stuffing. Ooh. I would say stuffing.
3: Good yeah. answer, Ken. Good answer. Well, what's
2: All
1: What's right. the consensus?
2: No, wait no consensus. I've uh, been asking Todd, I've been asking everybody. Todd
0: likes don't, Cuban don't even say it. I sent <laughs> <laughs> We got said, corn Casserole from uh from one of our college stars that we spoke to. Got so it. it's kind of all over the map. We're getting the uh, the full menu right now. So
2: Nothing. Hey, uh, well, it's I'm, all I'm good. That's why. I'm with you.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm Ken, right thank you, and and I'll mention this over the fair territory promo. But just piling onto what you say, every executive can take a break. This is not like life or death situations here. It's freaking baseball. Take twenty four hours off and hang out with your friends and family, executives, so that also the insiders can do the same. Yeah, it's got.
3: Yeah,
1: they can make it forty eight. Actually. They oh, can do 48, 48 hours. It
3: will be okay. Let's be beyond that stuff. Yeah, you got to go.
0: digest. you got to digest the stuffing. You gotta Thursday, time. Friday. Like, come on. I agree. There, there is no deadlines. There's no reason to do it. I've been on that train forever when I worked at, at the league as well. Like, it's ridiculous that anything would happen during that time period. So, fingers crossed that it doesn't. We won't have shows during that time. Ken, uh, we're grateful for you. Thankful for you. Um, have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Thanks. All to you guys as well.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Ken Rosenthal with us. So if you check out Fair Territory, which is up on YouTube, or you can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, Ken does talk about past Thanksgiving and Black Friday deals, but also makes a little shout out to the league or more of a call out saying, hey, let's step aside briefly and let everybody chill. Because what you don't realize is anytime a trade or a signing goes down, there's physicals attached to it. There's work that's being done behind the scenes with other staff that probably, you know, are not as rich as some of the, you know, president of baseball operations, GM types, right? That, hey, listen. You know, deserve listen, a freaking break for 48 listen, hours. Listen, that's the
2: best time to do it. Nobody's talking. You could sneak in there and grab a Yamamoto on Thanksgiving. You <laughs> You're never not know. sneaking in on a Yamamoto. <laughs> listen, everybody's topic. like here. Everybody's like, all right, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to put this phone down. And boom! Here comes Stevie Cohen. Yo Yama. Come on, dog.
0: Yeah, but you're Listen. making it like you're making it like you know he's he's lost in the middle of the road, and you found him, and you're like, oh, no one else is paying attention. Let me bring him over to our team. Like the you money's the money. I I just think some of these people work so hard behind the scenes; they get no breaks year round. It's like give give them the freaking holiday. Our sport I, does I not need to break you. a I trade agree, on I, Thanksgiving. I
2: agree with you. But sometimes you eat that stuffing and get a phone call. Mm-mm. It must have been the stuff. We're getting Yamamoto. (laughs) Let's go.